What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome to another session of Untherapy. We got the beautiful untherapist with us, Lady J. How you feeling today? I am feeling amazing times two. Okay. I am feeling amazing. Hey, Untherapy Bays. I feel like January's already flying by. I can't believe it. That's what I'm talking about. Chef Shay, how you feeling? Well, nobody can top amazing, but <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm so excited to get into our session today. You could always be Shamazer. There's ain't nothing wrong with oh, that. Shamazer, we're going to make that a thing? Uh-oh. We can. Man. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Mm, Let me know. I think of something else. <laughs> right, cool, cool. I feel like Chef Tacular is better than Shamazer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what you come up with. Like, you're so good at names. <laughs> I'm going to have to think of something. Give me some time. I can't think of it on the spot, yeah. but give me some time. You got three minutes. You got three minutes and we'll oh. come back to you. Ooh, it had to be in this episode? Oh, okay. <laughs> Just letting you know. Um, Jelly Gels, how you feeling? I am blessed and highly favored, Coach. God bless you today. Um, and I'm going to Days will be with us in this session. She's handling some family business. So, you know, we hope all is well with her. Uh, but ladies, I, I have a question. You know, we've been talking about a lot of, um, in our last sessions, we were talking about divorces and you know, people just not being where they used to be in relationships. And it got me to thinking. Uh, so I want to ask y'all tonight, what would the foundational promise of your marriage be based on? Would it be based on your feelings, your beliefs, your religion? So Lady J, I'm going to come to you first. If you got married, right, or when you got married, when you get married, because we prophesied this, right? What would um, the foundational promise of your marriage be based on? Would it be your feelings? Would it be your beliefs, your religion, et cetera? What would it be based on? I think for me, um, it's more than, it's it's kind of like all of those mixed up in one. But for me, I would say if, when <laughs> I get to that stage, it would probably be my belief in my morals, first and foremost. Um, and I say that because I feel like we have to be on some type of page when it comes to our beliefs, our morals, especially if children come into play and that's a question or that's a thought. Um, religion wise, we could talk about that, but I'm not sure if I'm equipped to do that, to talk in depth about that. But I'll say, you know, some type of belief system. Um, our beliefs can't be too far off. Like we can't have uh, someone, We I think it's, Seventh-day Adventists or Jehovah Witnesses, I forget which one, that don't celebrate Christmas and certain holidays like that. And I'm a big holiday person, so that probably wouldn't work. But I think if it's based on feelings, which I don't like to base things on feelings most times, because for me, it's fickle and I can feel one way to feel another. Um, I would say trust and loyalty. And if I could trust them, if I know someone I could trust, then we could build with everything else. So I think it's a little splash of all the categories, but mostly our beliefs and our morals and making sure that those two things could, you know, cohabitate in one household or coexist. So pretty in one much household. you're saying beliefs and morals? Is that your, yeah. Your I would say, okay. yeah, I would say that that would be the top belief in morals. And the only reason I wouldn't say religion is number one, only because I don't, you know, it's just it just varies on the person and how religious they may be. 
So. Okay, got you. Chef Shea, how about you? I would agree. It definitely has to be a combination of all of those things. Um, but in terms of them, like me and that particular person that I'm marrying, um, having everything be exactly lined up, I don't necessarily need that to be the case. I just need how like our belief system is, our morals, um, our religions, how we feel. I need that to be similar. It can't be just so far off. It doesn't have to necessarily be exact to me that I feel like that's unrealistic to find someone who, you know, thinks exactly like me and I wouldn't want to be with somebody who has the same, you know, thoughts as me all the time. I want somebody who's going to challenge me, um, but also is on the same path and has the same vision as me. So that would be important. Just being with someone with similar beliefs, a similar uh, religious mindset, similar feelings about how they see life. So you're going with beliefs, mindset, and view on life. Correct. Okay. Um, Jelly Jells, how about you? Can you help cl- help me clarify like the difference between beliefs and religion? Yeah, you can believe so you can believe certain things that may have not be religiously based. Um, you may believe that a woman is X, Y, and Z, or a woman should uh, cook clean, blah 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 blah. That may not be based on religious evidence. So they could just be traditional teachings. Got it. Okay, so I would say a combination of beliefs and religion, more so because although it's biblical to say equally yoked, I I think beliefs slash morals are where you would be equally yoked. Um, So I think the two kind of coincide with each other for me. Um, which is why I feel like it's important for you to have all of those conversations beforehand. Not to say that people don't change their mind as they grow and evolve, but I do believe that should be the basis for a marriage before you enter into it. So you're going with morals and what's the other one? Uh, Beliefs and religion. Morals, beliefs, and religion. I'm writing all this down because it's it's several, it's very important to me uh, that we have it all listed. Um, so, Lady J, I believe you said beliefs and morals. Chef Shay, I believe you said beliefs, mindset, and view on life. Jelly Gels, you said morals, beliefs, religion. I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go with beliefs and religion as well. And the reason that this is important is because I don't want to harp on this topic, but they seem to be the people that stick out my mind. Corey and Tia, right? And we're not going to stay on them per se, but just the principles that are foundational. Now, I wasn't privy to be invited to their wedding. Right, they got lost in the mail, whatever it is. But what I do want to say is that while we're, some of us are celebrating the graduation that they have, it's very important to understand the principle that we're standing on, right? So if we both say, case in point, shit, and I'm, I'm going to come to you first. If we both say that we believe in God, right? And mm-hmm. is our foundational belief. But in the Bible, it speaks about if you divorce from your wife or if your wife divorces from you, then whoever she marries next, if they have sex, then they'll be committing adultery. So can we all can we still celebrate these graduations that we're talking about, knowing that what we believe is <laughs> in somewhat way a sin in God's eyes. If we looked at it from a religious, talk to me, Shay. Right. 
I didn't think of it in that way. Again, I wouldn't say celebrate. Like, I'm not ever celebrating the end of a marriage. Um, that, to me, like, for me, marriage is, like, a very sacred sacrament. And when I'm in it, I'm going to honor it. Um, and that's why I feel like you have to just be very sure of who you're getting into that type of commitment with. Um, a lot of folks want to move fast and want to, you know, just have the look of marriage, like the ring and the fame, like the, that whole, whole look on social, but not understanding what that truly means. Um, so with your take in terms of like the Bible and everything like that, I do understand that. But um, even with my belief in the word, I feel like certain things are up for, like the Bible itself is, is your guide, right? Um, if you, you know, take a step away from that, it is, we all have like our own right in our own, I'm, I think I miss, uh, I'm not, I can't think of the word right now. Um, but God has given us that privilege to make our decision, right? So right or wrong, he is allowing us that privilege to do so and have the Bible and the word as a guide throughout our life. And it's up to us to decide how we're going to use that word um, in whatever actions that we take. So just depending on each person, it's up to them to just take what they know is best for them and what they want to take from the word and apply it to life and do what's best for them. That's where I'm coming from in terms of that situation of Tia or anyone who has a divorce. Like if there is something that came up that you feel um, is worthy of getting that divorce, such as if you're in that marriage and they're committing adultery, which is a sin in God's eyes, then I feel like things like that are reasons for you to take a look at your marriage and see if that's something you still want to be in. I totally get what you're saying. It just becomes very difficult to me to, and that's why I said that the foundational principle of what you're going to go with is so important. Are you going with the vows that you guys made? Are you going with the lifestyle you're creating once you get married? Are you going to see how things go after a few years and then create another and then create the lifestyle you want? It's just, it's just interesting because a lot of the things that people get divorced for, and I think we spoke about this in previous sessions, are never in the vows, mm -hmm. right? Finances are, they may make a mention of it, but it's never heavily in the vows. Um, adultery is, is never really heavily in the vows. Um, and I'm just, for America's weddings that I've seen, I, a lot of the things that people struggle with you know what I'm saying, in marriages, in relationships, in partnerships that are long-term life partnerships, they are really in the vows. So what does that look like? I mean, Lady J, chime in, please. Wow. So that's definitely, um, that that's definitely a lot to unpack there. And I need you to repeat the question because I missed it. Not no problem. <laughs> <laughs> like most of the things that people struggle with in um, marriages, life, lifelong partnerships, whatever you want to call it, are rarely in the vows, right? So mm, okay. thinking about these foundational principles, 
um, if we stand before each other and say, hey, under God's eyes, we're going to marry each other, right? And let's just say both of our beliefs is the Bible. That means no matter what we go through, right, we can go and say, okay, you're wrong or or you're not right according to this, mm -hmm. you know? or you're not right according to that. That's our contract, right? Then there's yeah. some when we go through our life, we're like, mm, whether it's tonality of how I speak, whether it's the way I handle my wife, we can say, hey, you know, I don't like being spoke to this way. So, hey, let's practice these things for our life. And these will be the guides that we have within our marriage. You know what I'm saying? So they're yeah. different ways. But um, what are we basing this foundation on? And I know we all went through our own private list. But like Shay was saying, as things come up, she was like, she was saying, and, and please forgive me by saying it wrong, but it's up to each person to kind of figure out what works for them and then go forward. But how can we establish a relationship, you know what I mean, where we're both thinking differently? You know what I'm saying? If that if that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think I think I could look at this two ways, right? So to unpack the first part of your statement. If you're saying most of the issues that people tend to go through in relationships and marriages are not the issues that are specifically pinpointed in the vows, how do we tackle that? I think sometimes, I'm yes. sorry? No, no, so, no, yeah, yeah. so for part one, I would say sometimes I think you just got to roll with the punches. I think when we make vows or I would assume when I create vows for my intended, it would be, it's kind of like I'm telling you, it's kind of like a manifestation kind of like, I'm telling you what I bring to the table and what I want our life to be like and what my expectations are essentially and what, I, what I'm offering you and what I expect in return or something of the matter. And I would expect my husband to do the same thing. I think some things you just can't foresee, <laughs> like some issues that you may run into, you may not see them coming. And I mean, it could be like your husband was a breadwinner, right? And I know you said for richer or for poorer, but maybe that changes now when for whatever reason, he can no longer work. He may not be in the service. He may not be, he just isn't able to work any longer. And that could be because of a physical, something physical, something mental, emotional, some reason he just can't work. And you say for richer or for poorer, but what happens when it's really for poorer for life and you feel like you're doing everything to balance this person? I don't know. I think you kind of got to roll with the person, the punches, but I think maybe that part goes back to you reminding yourself why you continue to choose this person every single day and not leave. And I think in all issues that come in relationships, if they're deeply rooted as they should be and the per and both people are properly vetted in a um, jelly jake sort of way, I think you'll be able to battle anything that comes with it, right? You'll be able to remind yourself that this is why I chose XYZ and this is why I'm going to stick beside him or her and continue to push through. I would yeah. say from personal experience, I don't believe anyone who I've ever casually dated or what it may have been that I've, that I thought deeply enough about it. Like this is my forever person. 
So I think that's why it was always easy for me to leave relationships so quickly. And also no one I've ever dated was actually my friend first. And I think that's a vital portion of it, especially when you're looking into marriage, because I feel like because I've never actually dated someone that I've secured a friendship with first, it's easier to leave them because you're just leaving a relationship. You're not losing a friend or your best friend and your relationship. You're just losing a relationship. And if you want a relationship, you could get another one quite fast. It just depends on what you're looking for. So I think that would be part one <laughs> to your question, essentially, in my opinion. Um, I have a question about that too. And not okay. to too far but do you think you can organically build a friendship with someone that you're attracted to and it just be a friendship without the thought of there being something more in the future I think it depends on where your mind is at the point I think okay. you could be attracted to people and I think if you know you're not ready for a relationship and you know you're working on maybe internal things or maybe things to better yourself you're in your me era right now I think you're able to build that friendship without it fast tracking itself into a relationship. I mean, I think you just have to know where you're at at the point. I honestly, I would say, <laughs> I think for me, all of all of my male friends, I've known them for a very long time, right? And we, the core of our friendship is really time and experience and memories. That's the core of our friendship, right? And I feel like it's like a weird dynamic because I think you hear those weird assumptions or things people say about, oh, women and men can't be good friends without dating. That's not true. I have a lot of amazing male friends, a lot of which are married now to beautiful wives and we've only been friends. So I do believe women and men could be platonic friends without being attracted to them or be without being attracted to each other. I do think that exists. And I do think you can on the other scope, be attracted to a friend of yours and still not want to be in a relationship with them. Because I mean, attraction is attraction. I could go out to the grocery store and be attracted to somebody, become friends with them, but doesn't mean I necessarily want to be in a relationship with them, right? So I think, I think it can exist, but I think you just have to know what you want because I do have another spectrum of it where I have a male friend he has been trying to talk to me for years now and he is extremely attractive. Um, we went to FAMU together. He's he. If I was to write down my textbook type, it would be him, literally. We've never dated, nothing has ever happened and we are just friends. And one of the reasons why I've always told him I would never date him is because we are such good friends. I would hate for us to date, break up, and then I'd rather not lose the friendship than potentially gain a lifelong relationship, if that makes sense. So I think there's like different spectrums. You've got to talk yourself out of being attracted to him. Like no, no, I'm still attracted to him. I just don't want to date him. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with him. Like literally, he's been single from I knew I've known him. He's a great guy. He's from South Florida. But I've told him like time after time, I'm like, no, we only could be friends because I value our friendship so much. I would just hate to date him. And let's say it doesn't work out. And then again, I lose a relationship and a friendship. And we've been friends for like 12 years. So I'm attracted to him. I just don't want to date him because we're such good friends. So I think you can be attracted to people and not want to date them. 
I don't, I don't, it's, you know, I, I agree with you. I think for me, I have friends that are attractive, but I am just not attracted to them. Um, and that is a point too. Okay. Yeah. So that is another point. I do also have That's friends true. that are attractive and I'm not attracted to them. I have a lot of male friends that are attractive, but they, I just look at them as friends. So yeah, I do have that too, but you know, I don't know. I feel like you, I feel like you just have to know yourself. There's some people who could really keep things platonic and that's it. And I think I'm really good at that and separating the differences, but I do also have female friends who they can't, it's just not in their DNA makeup. It's hard for them to separate the two. For me, it's not. I mean, to be honest, if I was to put it on a big whiteboard of all my friends, I probably have more male friends than female friends. If I look at it like wide scope, I probably have more close friends that are male than female. And they are strictly platonic male friends. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of them are attractive guys, of course. Very successful, attractive, educated, but we are strictly platonic friends. So, you know. That's fair, that's fair. I mean, um, I not to bear off too much because I was watching Why I Get Married the other day and going back to what we discussed earlier, um, I, I seen that couples that got together, um, there were certain sides that uh, the other person didn't see. And um, take, into, take into account Sheila, right? Um, and you all you all seen um, Why Did I Get Married Before, right? I'm guessing. Yes, I'm but it's been a while. I, yeah. I've, yeah, I've seen them both. I love yeah, Sheila, I've though. Yeah, Sheila's my girl. Sheila. You know Sheila. Yeah. Everybody knows Sheila. That's, a, that's the name of this podcast. Everybody knows Sheila. Um, <laughs> but um, if you look at it, when she got remarried to the new guy who treated her the way she felt she was supposed to be treated, everything was going good until the frustrations of not finding work hit him. And then she saw another side of him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like you said, Lady J, that's not something you can account for um, in the beginning, possibly, if you don't know somebody long enough. So like what happens when you guys had the vows. He made you feel the way that you wanted to always feel. But now you're in the position where you're seeing a different side of him that you may not like. Is this grounds for, hey, we need to rediscuss these, this contract or vow that we made? Or do you just stick it out and hope it changes? Uh, Jelly Jones, talk to me. I will always tell people to advocate for themselves. Just because I am committed does not mean that I have to take a certain way of treatment um, and vice versa. My spouse should not just take whatever it is that I give them because we made a commitment or a vow. Um, new challenges create new responses and rightfully so. There's, there's nothing, there's no set of vows that en encompasses every situation or every scenario they're all blanket statements right but we're all individual people that are making commitments to other individual people and some people can respond from trauma some people can respond from you know how they've learned to protect themselves that doesn't mean that all of a sudden I say oh, okay I'm out but it's it's the effort that you put behind the commitment to your vows um I don't think you know, in this scenario with Sheila and Mike, 
that it was just, you know, hey, let me up and leave you because I don't like the fact that you're not making money. It's no, how do we figure this out? Or no, how do we push past this? And although I don't like the way that you're acting right now, there's still a certain amount of grace I can give you because of the fact that we took vows and made a commitment. So if you if you need to make an amendment to the constitution around your vows because of this new circumstance, go for it, have the conversation. But I think life is ever changing. Uh, the, the challenges that we face are probably some of the challenges that our grandparents or great grandparents never would have faced just because of the fact that life is evolving. So I don't think that you can never renegotiate your your vows. I just think that it's a conversation that has to be had based off of those same beliefs, moral and principles. Like there needs to be some type of, you know, flagship in your relationship or your marriage to say, this is what we stand for. This is what we believe in. Are these actions or is this renegotiation staying true to that flagship or is it deviating? And then if so, if it is deviating, how do we get back to what we said we would commit to when we made those vows? Yeah, I 100% agree with you about the flagship. Um, I, I guess the, the overall point I'm trying to make is we have to be very um, careful who we connect to, right? And our belief systems and our religious beliefs or whatever, I'm not telling everybody to believe in the Bible or believe in God. What I am saying is that when you when you um, make your foundation something higher than you, it's a lot easier to deal with the bumps in the road um, as opposed to dealing with it based upon your feelings and my feelings as life grows on, right? So if I don't cover everything in my vows, but I, I believe in Christianity, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't cover the way you talk to me in, in, in our vows. I can always go back and say, well, listen, it says here that husbands love your wife or husbands esteem your wife. The way you're talking to me is I, I don't feel esteemed. <laughs> and as a husband, if that's my foundational principle, no matter how I feel about it, it's going to check me. It's going to convict me. Same thing yep. who says, hey, um, respect your wives, respect your husbands. And we didn't cover that in the vow, right? But now you're at a point where you're disrespecting me. I can always go back to that foundational principle and say, uh, the way you're talking to me doesn't show respect. You know what I'm saying? You got to clean this up. Whatever that is, if if love is patient and kind and all the things that it says, long suffering, you know, you're not being patient with me. You're not being kind to me. You're not these are the foundational principles. So you know, although the world is okay with changing as the wind blows, and that that may work with some people, what happens when the wind is blowing too? different ways <laughs> it is blowing this your wind is blowing that way and y'all foundational principles are based upon whatever you feel at the moment. there's the um dig deep on if you understand what i'm saying it makes sense ladies yeah no that makes that makes a lot of sense i guess it's kind of like i feel like these questions are so deep <laughs> it it does it makes a lot of sense but i feel like it's kind of like you i've how I look at marriage these days is marriage is an umbrella, right? And outside of the umbrella, it's just a big word over the umbrella. But I feel like 
most women, most people in general, we all say we want to get married. And I think this is something you said to me several episodes ago when I said, I want to be engaged, right? And you're like, yeah, you want to be engaged, but what else, right? There's so much more to unpack. I feel like, especially if we're looking at the shows that we see on TV that highlight marriage, marriage is an overarching umbrella. (laughs) And everything that falls under the umbrella is so unique to individual relationships it's so different for everybody and there's so many things that can go wrong can't go wrong that falls under that category of marriage I feel like it's just so much and I I feel like when I look at marriage now and I see people who are married for a long time I'm like the amount of bravery that goes into getting married to somebody and willingly wanting to tie your life with someone else's it's such a big commitment I mean it's always been a big commitment right but I'm just like, when I look at it from a different lens, I'm just like, it's such a big commitment. And you have to be such a brave and willing and selfless person. You're supposed to be to want to commit to something like that. And it's safe to say marriage isn't for everybody. Yeah, I agree. And I would, like I said, I would like to get married one day. Um. But you know, God willing, I will get married one day and I find someone that we don't like using equally yoke, but that fits, I find my person essentially that I'm able to work through it with. But I think, I thank God I did not get married to anyone when I thought I wanted to get married earlier in life because I could have seen it not working out now, just based on what I thought I would have wanted. I feel like just you bring what you're bringing up now and me just thinking about past situations and past relationships. I am so thankful God didn't give me the things I thought I wanted. Mm, Especially, I agree with I that. Am, I am mm-hmm. so thankful. Yes. Yes. Do you, do you believe, cause I, I read recently or I heard recently someone saying, you know, marriage is a selfless thing. Your wife is serving you and you're serving her. I don't see that in a lot of the newer marriages these days. The first time there's a there's a symbol of uh, turbulence, people are leaving. Do you believe, Lady J, personally, that you are in a place where you can be selfless and serve someone um, wholeheartedly? Honestly, I think I can. And I have to give credit to my daughter for that. I didn't know how much of a selfless individual I could be until I became a mother, to be quite honest. I don't think I was a selfless person before I became a mother. I mean, I did good things. We all do good things, charitable things, if you want to call it that. But I feel like becoming a mother made me made me selfless because everything about parenting is selfless <laughs> to the highest extent. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a very selfless act yeah. that you commit yourself to for 18 years. I mean most convicts don't even do 18 years but for parenting it's not even 18 years you commit yourself to it for a lifetime I would never change it um one of my biggest honors but I'm like at this stage in my life I absolutely feel like I could be that selfless person that gets married to someone 12 months ago 18 months ago I could not be that person because i didn't, I wouldn't have even really known. I would have probably said yes to a proposal, got married. I'm like, whoa, I'm still arguing about the AC temperature because I can't compromise. But um, now I definitely said I could say yes wholeheartedly and be selfless about it. So yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, 
Chef Shea, how about you? Do you feel like you can, uh, at this point in your life, you can give somebody your entire self um, for a life of service to somebody else? I want to say yes. Um, because that's that's what I want for my life to you know have marriage a family a whole thing at this very moment though I don't think I am I feel like there's still some areas um, within my life and within myself that I want to grow and develop for when that 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 opportunity comes for that particular person I feel like I can't truly be selfless if I haven't done the work on myself first and done the things that I've wanted to do prior to our um, our marriage. Um, I think it would be very difficult to get into something of that magnitude at this point as I'm still trying to work things out and still, you know, develop in certain areas um so I think at this point no but in the very near future yes because I'm doing the work now um to develop myself to be that that selfless wife so what does that work look like like what exactly do you have to do to prepare not everything but like what are some two things that you have to do to be able to prepare yourself to be a selfless person in that marriage Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so one of my friends mentioned to me that I should work on my emotional intelligence. Um, And they gave me different examples of moments of where that was, you know, lacking. Um, And I thought to myself, wow, like, I didn't really recognize this. And that's something I want to work on because that's very important um for my decision making the things that I do in my life etc so like things like that just taking ownership of the things that I lack and things that I need to work on um like things that such as like discipline like I know that I want to lose weight but I have not been disciplined enough to stick with the things that I know will help me to lose weight so I know that is something that is kind of uh, that is attached to my own self-esteem and that self that that um, me having that lack of, uh, you know, self-confidence would be something that I know I would put on to my partner. So I'll be looking for them to be like validating me all the time, all this stuff, because I'm uncomfortable with something that I haven't worked on to change that has nothing to do with them. So that is something I know for sure. Like those, those different things, I know for sure I would have to work on to be able to be able to focus on someone else. Because I know if not, then the problems that I have and haven't worked on will become their problem. And I don't want it to be. And it won't be healthy. Wow. That's, that's almost applaudable. Because you know... <laughs> that, hey, these are my issues. And if I don't correct them, then I'm going to project them onto you. And this is not going to go well. Mm-hmm. There aren't a lot of people who say yes. You know what I mean? When when he gets down on one knee and he says, will you marry me? And they say yes. 
there aren't a lot of people that are ready in that moment. But you understand that, hey, I don't even want you to get out on one knee just yet. Let me take care of these few things so that when it does happen, I'll be ready for it. Like, that's that's super dope. Jelly, you actually did say yes when someone got down on one knee and said, will you marry me? Or will you be my life partner? Will you be my wife? What are those things that you either have to work on for the marriage, a couple of things, all those things that you had to work on to be able to be able to say yes in that moment? Um, so things that I have worked on are definitely my patience. Um, being the oldest um, and the only woman or the only female child, my father raised me to be very extremely independent, um, to not have to depend on anyone for anything at any point in time um and to basically like figure it out on my own so now being in a relationship with someone else there are a lot of times where it's like okay well if you're not gonna do it when I want you to do it or how I want you to do it I'll do it myself um and that does not bode well (laughs) in a relationship with someone else what'd you say that it seems to be something is that just you or is that black women in general because my wife does that. Hey, can you move this? No problem. Hey, if I don't do it right now, next thing I do is see her lifting stuff and moving it across the room. You see what I'm saying? Like, is, is that <laughs> is that across the board or is that just? Um, to be honest, I have no idea. I don't know if it's like black women across the board or if it's black women of this generation. I, I have no earthly idea, but I, I do think it's a combination of things. One you know, people respond to their environment or their upbringing in different ways. Um, You know, some women respond that way because, you know, they didn't have a father in their life. So it's like, okay, well, maybe I'm not going to have a man in my life just like my mother did. So I got to figure it out for myself. Or like me, because my father did not want me to be in a situation where I'm dependent upon a man, you know, like, oh, I got to wait for my man to do this. Or I got to wait for my man to to treat me right or I'm I'm just I can't function without having a man in my life he raised me to be very independent so you don't move when someone tells you to move you go out and get you get it for yourself because you want to be the best person individually whether you wind up with somebody or not you have to figure it out and that's always the way I've been so I don't necessarily know if it's like you know something in the air or if it's just like women are now feeling like because they're not being quote unquote chosen or allowing themselves to be chosen, then they have to figure it out regardless. But yeah, that I've I've realized that that's just, you know, one small example of me not having very much patience. Sometimes even in a work setting, if I ask a question and you're alluding to what it is that I'm asking for, as opposed to answering it directly, sometimes I could be very quick tempered. Like, that's not what I asked you answer my question, which again is not a great characteristic to have, What, especially if I want to influence someone or I want something to be done for me. Um, so that's definitely something that I had to tackle. Something that I'm still having to work on to this day is how I talk. Plain and simple, how I talk. Me being a double minority in corporate America, I've realized that I cannot be meek or mild-mannered. If I am invited into the room it is for a reason and I have to show my value 
with that being said, I could come off as very strong when sometimes that's not the way in which my partner needs to be talked to. He needs me to create a soft space for him where he's supposed to have peace. And I can't be macho woman in charge all of the time. I have to learn how to turn it off in order to create that safe space for him, just like I love when he creates that safe space for me when I feel protected or when I feel safe in public places. So am I where I was when we first started in the relationship? No, but it's still still a work in progress for me because I, especially with me working from home 24 seven, I really have to challenge myself to turn the switch off, especially when it comes to him. Wow, that, that's super intuitive. Because most people, most people aren't thinking that far. It's just the way I talk, you know, receive it how I say it, or it is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, or that's but, just the way I am. Well, yes. everybody ain't got to take you the way you are. You can stay yes. exactly how you are, but that does not mean that I have to deal with you. Yep. 100%. I think one of the greatest things I had to deal with was patience and not patience from a place of I get anxious quickly, but patience and people understanding what I'm saying. I thought because I was articulating my point, I was articulating it in the speed that you could catch it, that you were supposed to get it. Not understanding that, hey, this person may be more visual, this person may be more, you know what I'm saying, directional and they're learning. This person may want to learn differently. It's not that they don't trust you, but they need to see you do something to build their trust. There's a lot of little things like that. And sometimes when you get married to somebody, it's like, oh, hey, this, 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 and this. And when they have, a, like, you know, we expect them to catch it because you gave it to them. Sometimes they calibrate in their mind and they come back and like, wait, I don't get it. And it's like, you the same way you did, you did it before, as if they're supposed to get it again. They didn't get it. So now you have to find a different way of giving it to them. And I think that um, being a parent to me taught me that I have to be able to break things down in a language where a baby could understand it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To the people listening as adults. But if I can't break it down to a baby, I can't break it down to an adult. So I had to understand the patience and something I'm still dealing with because I'm a very patient person. But the older you get, sometimes your patience just goes. I don't know what it is. That's why I can understand the old mothers in the church now who you start making little sounds and babies start crying and they turn it around because, you know, the older you get, sometimes your patience goes. But mm-hmm. that's that I, I had to work on um, and I had to understand. Sometimes it takes a moment in that moment to just, to just take a moment and, and just give it a minute and then go back to what you were saying in a different way. Or, hey, can I show you this way to explain it? Or maybe I'll use this example or this metaphor or remember on this show when this happened you know, create different ways of communicating because patience is a big thing and the older you get and the more responsibilities come on you, you don't really have the same time to be going over certain things that you think somebody should know already. But at the same time, that's where the patience comes in. Patience isn't when, you know what I mean, everybody gets it, it's when they don't get it. Mm-hmm. And that's when the patience occurs, man. Um, so- and communication, I think you brought up is, something that we're going to con- every individual has to continuously work on right because I've I've the way that I communicate in high school you know in essays is different than the way that I communicate in at work in emails is different than the way that I communicate with my partner and just because I found success in communicating in those ways 
doesn't in all of the other ways doesn't mean that I'm automatically going to be successful in communicating with my partner. And why is that? Their background or their experience and how they're communicated with could be completely different. And I'll give you an example. I asked my fiance, oh, what do you have to do today? He was like, oh, yeah, um, I have to go um, on post to see this person to sign off on this document. I'm like, dang, that's all you got to do today? He was like, nah, that's not all I got to do today. I said, well, that's what I just asked you. He's like, no, you asked me what do I have um, going on today, like meaning I'm obligated to do. I have all these other plans. And I'm like, well, I was going to ask you to pick up the dog, but you said you only had one thing to do. He's like, yeah, that's all I'm obligated to do. But I have other plans. And I'm like, I don't know how you got that from what I asked, because that's not what I asked. But clearly that's that's how you interpreted it. Neither one of us was wrong. He just took it a different way because I didn't ask specifically, tell me what your day looks like or tell me what you're you're planning to do today. It's more of like, what do you have going on? Meaning obligation. I'm still learning how to effectively communicate and not get so frustrated at the fact that you didn't answer my question. Just because he didn't answer what I wanted him to answer doesn't mean he didn't answer my question. It just wasn't the answer that I was looking for. And I have to take a step back and check myself and say, I'm not right all the time. And everything that I say isn't going to be interpreted the way that I mean it every single time. It's okay, but we'll figure it out. I just have to check myself before I get upset at somebody else. No, 100%. And sometimes you just have to ask the question you originally wanted to ask. You know what I mean? Sometimes you go through the... um the check the checklist question system whereas hey baby you, you off today yeah what you doing today oh uh, little run around what about around five what you wait wait what's the question <laughs> you know what i'm saying you're trying to figure out my day to figure out what the question is and your question is hey babe do you have any space in your schedule today to pick up the dog that's the question bingo because i could have just asked that but we going around the mulberry bush because i'm asking all these other questions yeah i understand because my wife at, at times I'm like, hey babe um do you what, what are you doing today after work coming home oh you, you taking the car um i don't know you stopping my going across hey real quick what's the question because i feel like this is a, <laughs> i don't like taking tests so just give me the question you have you want to take my, you want to drop mom off? You want to pick up a beef patty? Like, what do you want? And if you, just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then, then we can cut out all this other stuff. Cause I don't like, I don't like all those, all those layup questions to, to get to where yeah. we just get it. And, and that, that again comes with patience. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm in the mood to go through all those questions. Sometimes if I have things on my mind and I'm planning stuff, you asking me 75 questions to get to the question you care about. I'm like, oh, get to the question, dog. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I have to have patience with her and she has to have patience with my impatience sometimes. So we both are working on patience on different levels. Lady J, do you do you find that to be true in certain areas about the uh, the beating around the bush type of thing or just asking questions directly? Or do you find that you're able to get what you need out of who you're talking to no matter what? I think it depends on the person and how much I care about how they feel about the topic I'm talking about. I think if it's someone, um, I think if it's someone that I actually care for and I care about their feelings and it matters to me how they feel depending on the topic, I might not be as direct. Um, With kids, like it depends who it is. Like 
I think if it's a family member or someone I really care about, I may not be as direct. I may, or I may be direct, but direct in a softer way versus like direct harsh, if that makes sense. Um, If it's someone that is just like, you know, it is what it is to me, it might just be completely direct, like without beating around the bush. So it depends who I'm talking to, what the vibe is, what the scenario is, and what type of way I want someone to react. Like if I'm like if I'm addressing something, a serious topic, and I know this person is very defensive on all topics, it doesn't matter what it is, they're like super defensive, I might approach it differently, right? Rather than if I know I'm talking to somebody that, you know, they're just cool, calm, collected, and doesn't get defensive often, often I might be a little bit more direct. It really just depends on the person and just reading the room and knowing what type of response you want. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with beating around the bush. It really just depends because, for example, I'm, I like being polite, right? So if I want something sometimes, I will have small talk, right? Um, ask about your day. We'll talk about maybe kids, a whole bunch of stuff. And then I'll go in for the acts. And I don't really think that's beating around the bush. I kind of think that's being courteous a little bit, right? Because when it comes to me, I much rather when somebody rather than just like, it's like sending a text, right? It's a difference when it's 7am in the morning and just being like, hey, I need ABC versus hey lady j good morning how is your night how's the baby then axing i think it makes like a big difference just depending on you know who you're talking to but i think being courteous could sometimes be looked looked at as beating around the bush but i don't necessarily think it's that that's that's actually something that i always wanted to talk about with y'all maybe we'll save it for the next session but i i'm well, I'll save it for the next session. Um, but that's just something I, that small talk thing before you ask me what you want to ask me, I've always struggled with that. But I'm not going to get into it tonight. We covered a lot, man, and we've got yeah. a lot. Okay, so, okay, I'll save it. I, I was going to ask the question. I'm no, like, no, next one. It, Let's get to the next one. Okay. Next one, because that right there, I'm not going to give you my feelings on it. But, but you can see where I'm going. Um, I see where you're going. But we, we we covered a lot tonight, man. It was a lot of great information. Everybody had great points, great contributions to this. So, ladies, take me through um something in your final thoughts that you heard tonight, or that piqued your interest, or an idea that came up from what we talked about. Lady J, I'm gonna start with you. I guess going back to the original question about relationships and pivoting when things change. I would say my biggest takeaway is, you know, being happy with whatever outcome you get. And I think I said something in regards to, I'm happy I didn't get some of the things that I wished I wanted at that point. Because, you know, looking back, hindsight being 2020, that's not actually what I'm what I wanted. I'm grateful for the things that have happened. And I'm grateful for the things that didn't happen that protected me from the things that really were for me. So, you know, I guess be happy at whatever stage in life you are and be happy for the things that you get that you want and the things that you're protected from that you don't even know that it's not meant for you. Mm. That's a whole word, man. I love it. Chef Shay, talk to me. 
Um, I would just say my final thought would be just for our listeners to kind of reflect on what, you know, what would be their foundational um, promises for marriage. Um, Reflect on like the things that they need to develop in. Like, I think just the overall idea of just reflection and just thinking about what's important to you and what would be important to your future self. I hit home runs tonight, man. Talk to me. Jelly Jakes, talk to me. Uh, two things. I want to thank the Lord for saving me from myself. Because like Jahan, there were so many things I thought I wanted. And looking back at it, I don't know what I was thinking. So thank you, Lord. And um, something that actually Chef Shay said resonated with me. I really need to work on my discipline because there are a lot of things that Although I've accomplished, there are a great many more um, that I want to. So instead of talking about it, I need to be about it. So I'm going to work on that. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, two things. Some Lady J said, some you know, Chef Shay said, 100%. There are a lot of things that I didn't I needed to work on in marriage until I got in marriage and realized that, oh, snap, I didn't get this right. <laughs> now you got to fix it on the fly. Um, so just understanding yourself and understanding where what you have could go possibly could save you a lot of time in marriage, um, fighting over something that you don't need to. And also, like Lady J said, thank God he didn't give me what I prayed for. <laughs> thank God for being a lot wiser than me in all situations regarding me because he knows me, even though I thought I knew myself. Um, this is an amazing session, man. I loved it. Loved every bit of it. You know, follow us on IG on Therapy Podcast. We appreciate y'all for rocking out with us in this new year. We got the beautiful therapist with us, Lady J, Chef Shay, Jelly Gels, and of course your boy Coach Ferns on Therapy Podcast. We out. <laughs>